Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 21-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, and I'm actually currently in my fourth battle right now. Um, I'm also a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And hi, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year survivor, certified life coach, author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer, and Becky and I are the co-founders of Breast Friends. Well, you know, we've got a really great guest on our show today, but before we introduce her, I want to share just a little quick story about something that I became aware of so many years ago, and this will really lead right into who our guest is today. In the late 80s, I knew a woman from Southern Oregon who was diagnosed with breast cancer. It wasn't a close relationship, but she was kind of the first person I ever knew that went through this. She had a mastectomy. But I remember the battle that she went through when she talked to a plastic surgeon about reconstruction. Her insurance company wouldn't approve it. They called it (laughs) cosmetic surgery. Can you imagine that, Sharon, going through this and then calling that cosmetic surgery? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So she fought with them, and eventually she did win the battle, and she was able to have surgery. And basically all it can do is bring some appearance of wholeness. And for those of us who have gone through this battle and walked this journey, we all understand that a replaced or reconstructed breast is not the same as a real breast. They often have no feeling, no sensation of any type. And that, I'm sorry, but I would think that's punishment enough. Yeah, yeah. But then when we have to fight to replace what we lost, even if not the real deal or as good as the original, I, I don't know uh, what you think, Sharon, but I think that's complete madness. You know, when you when you buy a car or you know buy car insurance or house insurance, if there's a loss, the item is replaced. I mean, how is this any different, right? So yeah. why not the same thing with our breasts? And, you know, I, I was kind of inspired to share that story because we have angels all around us and they come in all kinds of different ways. And our guest today is one of those angels. Dr. Christine Horner is the reason that I didn't have to fight with my insurance company when I lost my breast. And Dr. Horner is going to share a little bit of what led to that battle and the struggle and the eventual victory. But then we're going to switch gears and go into what she really wants to talk about today, and that is the ticking time bomb. And I'm not even going to give you a clue what that is at this point. So (laughs) (laughs) welcome, Dr. Horner. We're so happy to have you on our show today. Well, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, great. So listen, why don't you just take a couple minutes and tell our audience a little bit about you because they they may know what you did, but they may not know you by name. So why don't you talk a little bit about yourself and then what led you down that path to create this national legislation and how that kind of came about? Sure. Um, so I am a board certified in general surgery as well as plastic surgery and worked uh, as a plastic surgeon. Um, when I started my practice, I actually had a special interest in breast cancer because my mom had had breast cancer when I was in college, and um, she had a mastectomy, and they did real, really great from it, and about 13 years later, she was diagnosed with a second breast cancer on the opposite side, and it was a really small tumor because they'd been following her like crazy, as you can imagine, and, and uh, had no lymph node involvement, and her... Um, Tumor markers were all favorable, and so we thought she was going to do great. And then about five years later, she suddenly showed up with pain in her leg and uh, thought it was a pulled muscle. 
but it turned out it was metastatic breast cancer. And so at that point, she just decided that that was it. She didn't want to live. So she died about nine months later. And that uh, really rocked my world, I have to say. You know, because I was really involved with uh, breast cancer. I was actually the spokesperson for the national, uh, for the, um, uh, you know, okay, now I'm spacing out on that, but the um, American Cancer Society on uh, breast cancer issues. Right. You know, it's hard to say we don't know what causes breast cancer. We have no known cure. The best thing women can do are mammograms and breast exams in the hopes of catching it early, which is what my mom did, but it didn't work. And then uh, in my practice, I was noticing my patients getting younger and younger, and finally I was doing breast reconstruction for women in their 20s. And I was oh. like, okay, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with this. So. This was 20 years ago, and I started going through the medical research to see what, if anything, that women could do, and um, even 20 years ago, I found literally thousands of studies that were showing exactly why we have a breast cancer epidemic and everything we're doing to contribute to it and the things that we traditionally don't do in this culture that are highly protective, and it was all natural. So, you know, food, (laughs) lifestyle, stress. So it um, turns out that it, you know, it's a highly preventable disease. And, um, and so during this time, I mean, it was kind of a, a really spectacular time during my life because you know, I was learning this and then all of a sudden, you know, I get a letter from an insurance company saying that they're not going to pay for breast reconstruction anymore. And, and um, I had like a 32-year-old patient and they said they weren't going to pay for it on my 32-year-old patient because it was on a, an organ with no function. <laughs> Oh, like, my oh. goodness. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's the wrong person. So I got really mad. Good girl. I'm and, glad. <laughs> yeah, so I organized a national campaign to pass legislation to make it mandatory that insurance companies pay for breast reconstruction following mastectomies. And very long story and making it short here because it was a five-year campaign. But I ended up uh, meeting with President Clinton several times and Hillary and, and uh, through some divine intervention. Um, it was the the bill was tacked on to the budget bill, <laughs> and it passed uh, the last day of Congress. Yeah, yes, good. Yes, and now well, it's a federal law. Yeah, uh, so that you know all women have thank you so much. Available. You're welcome. And you know, I mean that that needs to be corrected. But the biggest issue I saw after that was our breast cancer epidemic, and really ill health in general. I mean, it's breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, and heart disease. I mean, the same things are the you know our diet lifestyle basically are the major contributors to it so uh at one point i decided i was going to quit my practice and really dedicate myself full-time to teaching people how to become and stay healthy naturally and avoid the knife as i say so you're not doing plastic surgery anymore no, I, I left my practice almost 15 years ago, and so I write books oh. and <clears throat> travel all over the country. I do tons of, you know, radio and television interviews and, and uh, you know, do every, every kind of mode and teaching people. Yeah. Well, Good that's great. You. So that must be um, your ticking time bomb that we were talking about just shortly um, ago. So tell me, what are the four fatal mistakes women make? Let's go through them one at a time. Sure. So, um, you know, generally, you know, people feel kind of invincible when they're in their 20s and their 30s. And it's true that the human body has, like, tremendous resiliency when we're younger, although we're definitely trying to stress it as much as we can right now with our, you know, terrible diet and lifestyle. So once a woman hits 
40, the body isn't as resilient as it, you know, used to be. And um, in this decade, I mean, it used to be years ago, we'd, you know, give people black balloons and you're over the hill and all that kind of stuff. But really <laughs> yeah, yeah I, got, I got one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you did. The yes, I did. The decade of the 40s, wow. <laughs> the decade of the 40s actually turns out to be like one of the busiest, you know, in a woman's life because, you know, she's... Most women are, have a career going, and, and then um, it's very common for them to have children at home, too. So, you know, when you've got a busy schedule like that, your health really goes on a back burner. And, um, you know, the important thing is is to realize that it's, it, you, there's some really simple things that you can do that can help to uh, avert, you know, future disasters in your health. I mean, it's, it's like incredibly simple. So um, the... Four mistakes that um, I'm talking about is um, neglecting heart health, and the second one is mismanaging menopause, and the third is accepting middle age weight gain, and the fourth one is not loving yourself. So, um, yeah, so we start with the first one. Um, You know, heart disease is something that women often think doesn't really affect them. They think of it as a man's disease. But actually, heart disease is the number one killer of women, and it kills 10 times more women every year than breast cancer does. Oh, wow. So we don't seem to put as much, you know, emphasis on it. And heart disease is extremely easy to prevent um, because it's mostly diet and, relate, you know, diet and lifestyle related. And Dean Ornish, who was a you know, cardiologist in the San Francisco Bay Area, probably, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, discovered that you could actually reverse, you know, coronary artery disease, and we never realized that you could do it. And the fascinating thing with his program is that um, he actually uh, meditates and studied with, a, with like a guru kind of a guy. And when I, you know, had first met with President Clinton, got back to Cincinnati, Ohio, that's where I was living at the time, Now I live in San Diego, but um, the television station sent out a reporter to interview me, and he had been a teacher of Transcendental Meditation for 30 years. So he was like, you know, you should really learn how to meditate. I'm like, okay. So I learned how to meditate, and I was, like, completely blown away, like, instantly, you know, by the effects of this form of meditation. And then he said, well, you know, if you want to actually learn a lot more about this, it comes from a system of medicine called Ayurveda. And Ayurveda is the traditional system of medicine from India that Deepak Chopra talks about. And um, and so he said, best way for you to experience that is to go to this detoxification clinic in Fairfield, Iowa, of all kind of peculiar places. And it's a program <laughs> that's five thousand years old, <laughs> and um, uh, to get you know toxins out of the body, and it you know can sound like it might be painful or unpleasant, but actually it's luxurious spa treatments with lots of hot oil and you know steam treatments and things like that. So. So I went there, and um, about 48 hours into doing this program, I looked in the mirror, and I looked 10 years younger and never felt better in my life. Oh, my. And I thought, oh, my God, these people really know something. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was going through medical school residencies, I mean, honestly, I didn't learn anything about health. I had no nutrition courses. (laughs) 
you know, I just learned about pharmaceuticals and, you know, to suppress symptoms or to, um, you know, cut things out, basically. So Ayurveda really is focused on teaching you about what does it mean to be in a human body? What are the rules? You know, and if you follow those rules, your body will go into balance and it will enhance your body's inner healing intelligence. If you disobey those rules and break them, then your body goes out of balance and it obstructs the flow of that inner healing intelligence and it can't keep you well anymore. So it's just okay. kind of the basic gist of it. <laughs> okay. And, then and so you. when you're talking about, um, you know, I mean, obviously going to someplace like that was life-changing, it sounds like yes. for you, but uh-huh. not everybody has that capability. So are there some, you know, makeover maneuvers that, that can help us like in our own homes? Sure. So, um, actually, in my my latest book, which is called Radiant Health, Ageless Beauty, um, I have uh, the whole um, purpose of the book was to be kind of a guidebook talking about all the specific uh, aspects that are very important for you to do to have extraordinary health. And so one of the chapters is on detoxification. And I talk about all sorts of different forms of detoxification from the panchakarma is what it's called uh, in that spa, to things that you can do at home. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Can you so give anyway, us a couple ideas? Can I give you a couple ideas? Oh, well, you know, the, first of all, the body naturally detoxifies itself all the time, so you can begin by simply stop pouring in the toxins, you know, sugars, refined carbohydrates, all the junk foods, red meat, you know, those kinds of things, and uh and cola and things, and just start drinking purified water and eating, you know, an organic plant-based, you know, diet. And, and that causes your own body to kind of go into its own detoxification. And, and then you can, you know, add a few herbs, you know, here and there that help as far as things like milk thistle helps with liver detoxification and, and our liver is considered the great detoxifier of the body. Um, you can do things like infrared saunas. Um, you know, that's, uh, there's places that have them in larger cities, you know, uh, everywhere, and that's something that really helps to kind of accelerate getting the toxins out of the body. Um, you know, doing some exercise, of course, brisk walking, yoga, that, that helps to facilitate. So there's simple things that kind of deceptively simple, and one of the easiest things and a common recommendation in Ayurveda is to simply do sips of hot water throughout the day. That's just sips of hot water, and you can have massive transformations just by doing that because it keeps your digestive tract flowing. It kind of opens up the channels in the body. People report that their skin clears up. They suddenly drop 10 pounds. <laughs> you know, so it, that's great. It, it I've been, actually, I have been drinking a lot of hot water lately, so that's a good thing. I'm glad to hear oh, that. So, so both Becky Wait, and I are yeah, in our 60s. Get off, yeah, let me, let me ask a question specific about heart. I'm sorry. I, don't, I just don't want to get off. Sure. Off too yeah, far off track uh-huh. because I have a really specific question for you about heart health. I yeah. know a lot of women don't think they have a heart issue until suddenly something happens. Right. And I mean, yeah. I, I get my blood pressure checked all the time, and uh-huh. they always tell me it's like a baby's blood pressure. It's it's low. It's good. It's not too low. Uh-huh. It's perfect. And they tell me I have no heart issues. But does that mean that I am? at low risk for heart disease? I mean, how do you well, know you have at, heart disease? Well, you're looking at one measurement. So actually, I mean, the whole point of me, like kind of digressing into Ayurveda <laughs> is that, 
um, you know, Dean Ornish, uh, basically his program, although he didn't call it that, it was based in Ayurveda. So he told people to, you know, do gentle exercises like yoga, to do meditation, to eat a plant-based diet. And so these are all the recommendations through Ayurveda, and it's the best way to reverse cardiovascular disease. So in, you know, kind of a practical American <laughs> approach to this, it's like what we find is that sugar, refined carbohydrates are really kind of the number one um, assault to our bodies as far as depositing fat and cholesterol. So, you know, if you just kind of take a review of your diet and you say, okay, where can I clean this up? Where's the kind of the, you know, worst offenders that I have and and replace them with doing some organic fruits and vegetables? That's going to be huge. Um, Adding some exercise in is super important, and the really great news about it is the research shows that you don't have to do very much to have a huge impact. So there was a study that was done a couple of years ago that showed that people who jogged for five minutes a day, that's it, five minutes, they had a 48% reduction in cardiovascular disease. So Um, just get up and move your body, you know, just a little bit, and it can make an, an absolute huge difference. Um, stress is another thing that's a, a big contributor to virtually every chronic disease, including heart disease. And, and so doing an effective stress-reducing technique is extremely important. So uh, what I mean by that is like meditation, tai chi, qigong, yoga. I mean, in ancient cultures, they knew that stress played this huge role, and so that's why they have these effective stress-reducing practices that they designed. And now, to me, it's even more important for us to really protect against stress. And, uh, and so, to me, it's not really even an option to, to not practice one of these techniques because um, by practicing them, what they found is they're so effective at kind of calming your nervous system so you don't respond as robustly as you normally would and your cortisol levels, that stress hormone, uh, doesn't get as elevated. And, um, and so what they found, <clears throat> you know, with transcendental meditation, for instance, they've done over 600 studies on it. They found that it cuts your risk of virtually every chronic disease that you can think of, from heart disease, dementia, cancers, in half. I mean, just doing wow. this simple technique because that's how much stress plays a role. That's amazing. Well, we need to take a break, don't we, Becky? We, we do. And when we come back, just to summarize one quick thing. So if I jog five minutes a day, I'm going to improve my health significantly and refine sugars and carbs, just to kind of summarize what we just heard. those Just those two things right there are going to cause some, some improvements yeah. in my and health overall. Stress. Yeah, and okay, doing a cool. stress-reducing technique. Yeah, you bet. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about menopause, one of our favorite subjects. So (laughs) we'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. 
No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. We've been talking about the ticking time bombs, the four fatal mistakes women make with our guest, Dr. Christine Horner. So before the break, um, we finished up kind of about the heart health. So let's go to number two, the mismanagement of menopause. So do you find women to be in denial about menopause? Well, yeah, there's all all sorts of things that happen, but you know, actually, there's this um, you know kind of interesting phenomenon that's occurring in the United States right now, and that is that girls are going through puberty at a younger and younger age, and now the kind of average age is about ten years old, and around the world, it's about sixteen to seventeen years old. Wow! Wow! So they're finding a number of health problems associated with that. One is an increased risk of future breast cancer because you've got you know more menstrual periods um, over your lifetime. And the second thing is that they're finding that these girls who go through early early puberty have a tendency to go through early menopause. So it's kind of not uncommon for women to start having symptoms, maybe, you know, the typical symptoms are hot flashes and mood swings and sleep disturbances and night sweats, and and so these things can start in the late 30s or even the 40s, and we kind of think of menopause like the average age is about 50, so usually it's like, okay, that's kind of a weird thing, and, you know, as a breast surgeon, um, you know, I definitely saw and continue to see uh, issues related to, um, uh, you know, people going on hormone replacement therapy and uh, an increased risk of developing breast cancer. And, you know, they actually came out in um, the Women's Health Initiative study in 2003 that found that there was definitely an increased risk, you know, with uh, hormone replacement therapy with breast cancer, uterine cancer, heart disease, even strokes, you know. So, mm. fortunately, the prescribing practices dropped immediately, and we saw a 7% reduction in, in breast cancer the next year, and, and another 7% reduction right after that. Uh, now it's kind of the incidence of breast cancer stayed uh, kind of stable. So, um, you know, the good news is with uh, menopause symptoms, like with everything else, 
oftentimes we'll find that if you're doing certain things that are throwing your body out of balance as far as your diet and lifestyle, those things will really exacerbate the, the um, symptoms that you have. And if you correct those things, then generally your symptoms get a whole lot better because the symptoms are just your inner healing intelligence telling you that she doesn't like what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, that's not all. I mean, that's with like a natural menopause when it's coming on you naturally. When you're yeah. surgi- surgically put into menopause or right. um, yeah, like in my case. Story, yeah. Right, chemo or or you know the the inhibitors uh, definitely right. change things uh, for people, uh-huh. right? Okay, yeah. so that's a completely different story. And if you have a surgical menopause or something like that, then yes, you're going to need some support for hormones, but. It's kind of a good idea to do it over a shorter period of time rather than think of it as a lifetime, you know, kind of thing, because a lot right. of times you can just need it for a couple of years and then and then you can switch over. Now, there is, um, you know, a number of different remedies that you can use for menopause that are plant-based. Some have been used for thousands of years, and then we have, you know, newer ones, too, that research shows are really effective and don't have any, you know, horrible side effects like we see with hormone replacement therapy. So, for instance, um, a relatively newer uh, remedy is something called Relizen, R-E-L-I-Z-E-N, and it comes from Sweden. It's made from what looks like little yellow daisy flowers, and they discovered kind of by accident that it's it's very beneficial for menopause symptoms and and so um it started to be used in Europe actually about 15 years ago, and now it's the number one hot flash formula in France. It just came to this country about three years ago, and the great thing about it is the company did really extensive research, so they kind of studied it with the same um, rigors that you would do with a pharmaceutical medication, so double-blinded, placebo-controlled studies, which is you know where we get our very best information. And so what they found is that relevance is very effective for you know all the normal menopause symptoms and, you know, uh, hot flashes, mid-swings, night sweats, sleep disturbances, and when they compared it against the placebo, they found that the side effects were exactly the same as a placebo, which is a sugar pill, so perfectly safe. Oh, then, great. Now, uh, is, does that yeah. work with women who who have had breast cancer and yes, yes, stay away from hormones? Okay. Yeah, so it doesn't work hormonally, so it's completely safe for women that have had breast cancer. And actually, um, you know, they've been doing lots of presentations with this research, you know, here in this country. So there's thousands of OBGYNs that are now aware of relevant and are prescribing it to their patients. So it's, um, you know, if you go to your doctor, they may, you know, be aware of it. Um, oh, that's also, great. There's also, you know plants that, um, like I said, have been used for thousands of years, like maca, which is considered a superfood that's used for energy. It's from South America, but they found that it has hormonally balancing and helps with menopause symptoms, um, you know, and, and doesn't work uh, hormonally, you know, too. So that that's a safe one. Um, Black seeds, you know, are another one that are really effective at helping to protect against and fight breast cancer, but they also are very uh, balancing to feminine hormones, not just for menopause, but also for PMS, um, you know, too. So that's a, a real safe one. And then uh, here in this country, uh, the Native Americans uh, used black cohosh. A lot of people have heard of that one, but that um, also is very effective against uh, menopausal symptoms, and it also has is effective against breast cancer. So it's a, another one that's perfectly safe to take. Yeah, all right. of those are. 
Great. So how do you feel about about um, CBD products and you know medical marijuana basically as a as a tool for reducing some of the symptoms of menopause? I know that's kind of controversial, but <laughs> I'm just wondering because it's legal here in Oregon, you know. So <laughs> right. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I prefer to be clear-headed, and CBD is, like, supposed to, you know, be for pain mostly, and, um, you know, I, I actually think it's probably better to do um, plants that, you know, don't have any side effects or, you know, psychological side effects to it, because, you know, and we already have all the research showing that it's super effective and it's just a big yeah. conversation here in Oregon, so okay. I just thought I'd, I'd oh, ask you, know. you on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so how well, about the weight gain? That's number three, right? Yeah. So, you know, in middle age, well, actually, I would say if you look around your, look around Americans, you know, everywhere we go, you know, it's obvious that, uh, you know, the vast majority of people are overweight. And it's like the stats are like, you know, Two-thirds of people that live in those states are overweight or obese. So when we reach middle age, it is normal, and particularly you know, after menopause, for our metabolic rate to lower a little bit. And so, um, you know, typically people will go, oh, well, you know, I gained some weight around the middle. Who cares? You know, kind of a thing on middle age. But as it turns out, um, the research shows that gaining weight, particularly, you know, belly fat, because it's considered metabolically active, meaning that it's producing proteins that cause inflammation and also produce hormones. Um, so fat, you know, increases your uh, estrogen production, you know, too. So even if you gain 10 pounds, like that's it. Um, it, there's a statistically significant increased uh, risk of diabetes, heart disease, and cancers like breast cancer. So, I mean, it's kind of shocking because it's not, you know, very much. Uh, and likewise, if you lose 10 pounds, you have, a, you know, a huge beneficial effect from that. Um, so uh, because our metabolic rate has a tendency to slow down as we get older, there's just some tricks you can do to, to keep it up. And, of course, you know, looking at your diet again, kind of like what we did with the heart disease, it's like, okay, where am I consuming the most, like, sugar and, you know, carb things and, like, those coffee drinks that are the real high-calorie ones, those are uh, uh, a, a common you know, thing that people might consume. And so if you just switch that out, you know, for a coffee drink that is low calorie, then you're not, um, you know, kind of uh, preventing yourself from getting your coffee. But, but um, at least... Yeah, and some of those can be like calories. 500 calories. Oh, yeah. And if you for get a grande, a grande something, something right. with all the whipped cream, it's like... Whoa. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah, so, you know, just taking a look like that. And then, again, you know exchanging them for as many plants as you can because they're really filling. They have fiber and supply your body with all the nutrients that it needs so then you don't feel hungry um, when you're getting the nutrients that you need and they're usually low in calories. Um, increasing your exercise and what we find is that if you do a little bit throughout the day, it kind of keeps your metabolic rate up. So um, just kind of thinking about things like, you know, at work, instead of taking an elevator, take the stairs. If you're shopping, you know, park far away from whatever store you're going to so you can incorporate some brisk walking, but if you do a little bit, you know, throughout the day, that kind of keeps your, your rate up. And then um, a fact that a lot of people don't know is that the time that you go to bed has a huge effect on your health in many different ways, including your ability to keep your weight down. 
So we have these hormonal fluctuations throughout the day and throughout the night. And if we go to bed before 10 o'clock and we get up before 6 o'clock, those are considered the optimal hours for sleep. So Ayurveda had recommended this 5,000 years ago, and modern research shows that it's absolutely true. And again, it all has to do with these hormone fluctuations. And I'm not talking just about estrogen, progesterone, but also things like melatonin, our sleep hormone, um, insulin that helps to facilitate getting glucose into cells, cortisol or stress hormones. And so they're all kind of interrelated. And so what they found is that if you stay up to midnight, for instance, on a regular basis, your incidence of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and certain cancers like breast cancer, prostate cancer, and colon cancer almost doubles. Oh, my goodness. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Wow. Yep. I'm going to go to bed well, earlier. Good girl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've been, we've been talking a lot about sleep because, again, I think sleep is that that um, killer. If we don't get it, our body just doesn't have time mm-hmm. to repair. And so it makes sense um, that it would have some other negative effects. But, again, I think going to bed earlier, um, I'm, I'm pretty good about going to bed early. But, but at the same time, I hadn't thought it made that much difference in the long-term yeah. health. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, interesting. Huge, yeah. And so, I know for know, a person who likes to snack, the later you stay up, the more snacks you're probably going to have, which well, I'm sure true. isn't going to help the weight loss either. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, because after one thing 10 o'clock, I, you know, most people get a surge of hunger, and there's a reason for that after 10 o'clock. But when you eat after 10 o'clock, your cells know that they're supposed to be sleeping and purifying and stuff, and so they just kind of shut down, and the insulin resistance goes way up, and so those calories you eat go straight to your hips or your thighs or your stomach or wherever the favorite place is because your cells won't bring it in. Right. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So one one comment about stress, and I know you know that cortisol that builds up in your uh-huh. belly because we yes. continue to be in this fight or flight kind of stage. Just say a couple words about that, and then we better move on to the next one so we get enough sure. time. Okay. Yeah. So um, what happens when you're stressed out is your stress hormones elevate, and the the common one is cortisol, and Cortisol has a function, a very important function in our fight or flight reaction, which is really the only way our body responds uh, to stress. And so um, it's not an appropriate response really for most of the stresses that we experience in our modern world. And so it's very common for the cortisol levels to stay elevated instead of doing their big spike and then going down. And so there's a lot of um, physiological problems that occur if cortisol stays elevated. And one of them is that cortisol promotes the deposition of belly fat. So that's the fat on the inside that coats the organs, not the fat mm. on the outside. And that fat oh. that's metabolically active, like I said, it really increases inflammation, which fuels every kind of chronic disease. And um, and it also, uh, you know, creates hormones and so forth. So it's, it's the main thing that really increases our risk of diabetes, heart disease, and, you know, cancers and and that uh, sort of thing. So once again, really important to be doing an effective stress-reducing technique every day to really uh, keep that cortisol levels down. Okay. So if you had to put one, if you had to put one, like one sentence together, what's the best piece of advice you have for women to manage weight after age 40? Just kind of summarizing what you just said. What, what would you, what can we just hold in our heads? (laughs) 
eat plants, not sugar, <laughs> lose okay. your body, go to bed by we, 10 o'clock. And all right. <laughs> technique. <laughs> Those all sound good. That, that's great. Well, thank you for that. And Now let's move on to the fourth one because you said that the fourth one was not loving ourselves. And I know sometimes for some people they think that sounds, you know, arrogant or self-centered or whatever. We know it's not, but we'd love to have you explain you know, how important is self-care and what do you mean specifically by that? Sure. So, um, you know, when I went through medical school, residency, all that kind of stuff, we, we didn't think that there was any connection between emotion and physical health, except mm-hmm. for people that had seemed a little stressed out that had peptic ulcer disease, but that was it. Now what the research shows is that um, our emotions actually affect our health more than anything else, more than diet, more than smoking, more than genetics are our emotions. And the one emotion that has more of an influence on our health and longevity than anything else is a feeling of being loved and supported. So when you feel an emotion, and Candace Pert was a Ph.D. researcher who discovered this, that each emotion that we experience, there are different molecules that are produced by our body. And those molecules are physiologically active, so they will hook onto our immune system, hook onto our DNA, and either have a positive effect on it or a negative effect depending on what the emotion is. So feeling loved and supported um, is the number one thing that really helps to keep your immune system well and has the most powerful uh, physiological effect. Um, And being in toxic relationships is actually the worst stress on the human body. Hmm. So if you, we start with yourself, right? (laughs) Because you're living with yourself, you can actually create your own pharmacy of these positive kind of molecules in your body. And, and women in particular have a tendency to be very critical of themselves. And you'll notice that your self-talk is all this negativity. You walk by a mirror and it's like, oh, look at my butt. Oh, they could, you know, like. <laughs> so that actually creates these emotions, you know, with these molecules that have a damaging effect on your body. So I think it's very important to really uh, consciously be aware of what that little inner critical kind of voice is and really try to shift that conversation and treat yourself like you're your best friend rather than, you know, your worst enemy. And when you do that, you're going to create those positive molecules, but you also draw into your life people that are going to be treating you, you know, well, too. So you're really stacking the, your, uh, the odds in your favor that you're going to be surrounded by, you know, people that are really loving and supportive of you and, um, you know, staying away from those people that are toxic. Because, again, it's the most influential factor. So, you know, I actually do... Um, consultations for breast cancer patients that are newly diagnosed to help them with an integrative approach. So I do that uh, telephone consultations. And um, a lot of times, you know, I draw people into me that are, whole, you know, they, they're holistic. You know, they came to me because of that. And they'll go, I don't understand why I got this. I'm a vegetarian. I'm normal weight. I exercise, you know, and so forth. And, I, and so then I'm like, well, how are your relationships? And then it's like, <laughs> 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 so, You know, I am 
am so thrilled to hear this because you are really singing Breast Friends praises here because this is why we started Breast Friends too, is to really be able to offer that emotional support that women so need. And again, it's it's more than just the medicine to heal your cancer. So, you know, this is amazing. I'm I'm really glad to hear it from a doctor, too, so yeah. that's great. And, you know, I'm, yeah. reading a book, I'm reading a book right now, and there was a line in there that I, I can't quote the, the book title at the moment, but it says, unhealthy people are never truly happy, and unhappy people are never truly healthy. So that's uh-huh. really kind of dittoing what you're saying, the two yes, go hand absolutely. in hand. So absolutely. on that, we're going to take another break. <laughs> so okay. we'll be back in a couple minutes. Stay tuned. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free. It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. We've been talking about ticking time bombs for fatal mistakes women make uh, with our guest, Dr. Christine Horner. So we were talking about loving ourselves and how self-care can really make a difference in our health so let's uh let's kind of keep up on that conversation so what are some ways that we can love ourselves for this improved health sure so you know the cool thing is there's um, actually a lot of programs you know that are out there that uh, and books you know that have been written and everything so you can actually you know google those things and 
and uh, find some assistance. But, you know, there's all sorts of different things that you can do. So like I was just say that you're a person that very commonly when you are walking by a mirror, you, you instantly have some negative response. So for you, it would be a really good thing to actually do with the mirror work where you're looking at yourself in the mirror and really looking at things and finding things to compliment yourself about yourself, you know, like, hey, you know, you have really pretty eyes or you, you know, whatever. So, so you really do that almost on a daily basis until you can really work on kind of interrupting that uh, talk. Um, I think it's also wonderful to treat yourself in a very you know loving way. Like for instance, I get massages frequently. I buy myself full of fresh flowers that I have in the house all the time. So whatever it is for you that you really enjoy having, it's like don't wait for somebody else to do that for you. It's like do it for yourself. You know, <laughs> so it's kind of an, right. a way of you know really honoring yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I have. We have a, a a gal that works in our office, and she goes on me retreats, and it's literally just going to the beach for one or two nights, and <clears throat> excuse me, and just you know spending time with herself uh-huh. and decompressing, and you know thinking about what's important, and and I think that's a fabulous idea as well. My my favorite too is a gratitude practice because uh-huh. as I as I'm aging, I'm reading a book that's interesting too called Conscious Living, Conscious Aging, and it's a fabulous book talking about um, you know different ways that we um, can go through this aging process that is so <laughs> unfortunately uh, inevitable, right? Um, but having uh, gratitude for little things sometimes can make such a difference because when I look in the mirror, look, thinking of your mirror practice, I'm thinking, oh, I look old. Look at all those wrinkles. Or <laughs> so the, Hold the chin up, Sharon. I know, I know. You know, oh, yeah, this is what I used to look like, right? No, but, <clears throat> but my point is that sometimes as we age, um, we need to kind of shift our reality. We need to shift a little bit and and realize, yes, you know, we don't look the same as we have in the past. And and perhaps things are are shifting a bit and things are, you know, (laughs) falling down a bit. But, you know, the reality is um, my hands work, my eyes work. Uh, I have two able-bodied legs that can get me from here to there. I mean, Sometimes we have to be grateful for these little things that are actually huge things uh, when we really break it down. But but understand that, you know, we are going to change as we get older, and that's okay. And we need to shift inside into that spiritual place, too, that is, you know, really our opportunity to grow and to improve. I love that, yeah. Karen. Yeah, and I, you know, doing gratitudes, you know, every morning. I mean, it's one of the most effective techniques that they found in the, with the researchers who um, study happiness. You know, so it's uh, you know, you can say, oh, well, I'm not a very happy person, you know, kind of a thing. But you can change it. Uh, you know, you, there's something called a happiness set point that we all uh, kind of have, but you can actually change that through doing different kinds of practices. And and one of the 
most important ones is doing the gratitude. Yeah, mm-hmm. practice. Absolutely. I think it makes a huge difference. And remembering to, you know, yes, we, we may have lost things through either our cancer diagnosis or aging or other things that happen to our lives. But the reality is we have so much left. And so we concentrate and focus on what we have, not what we've lost. So I think yeah. that's an important that so great so um let's shift gears a little bit back to that um to our healthcare system itself because i know obviously that was very important to you back when you started this and and you went to the legislator legislation and and made all of those changes so what do you see is the future of our healthcare in this country well <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a big question, isn't it? <laughs> you know, this is my most unfavorite system practically in the world. I mean, it's, it's you know, when you look at this, you know, kind of modern industrialized age, all the, all the countries except for the United States have, um, you know, uh, health care that they provide as a single-payer, you know, system. And uh, it's just... It's just a weird thing that we do with the insurances, and obviously it's become very expensive, and it, they want to pay for less and less, you know, still, and have you pay more and more and everything, and who knows what's going to be included. I mean, they're really trying to dismantle, um, you know, the healthcare system that we have right now, and so it's very possible that some of the things that insurance traditionally pays for is not going to be paying for it in the future. And so, you know, once again, it just kind of points out how unbelievably important it is for uh, each person to take care of their health the best that they can because that's going to really minimize your risk of having to use our system. <laughs> and, and, you know, to think that, you know, our system is going to take care of you and, and, you know, take care of your health is like, well, you know, probably not. So a much better approach is really to do everything that you possibly can do to make yourself as healthy as you can. And, um, and that's going to be the very best approach. Yes, exactly. That preventative thing, right? So, mm-hmm. and that's what we've been talking about throughout this, whether it's heart disease or cancer or diabetes, any of these things. Um, many of them we can um, perhaps slow down. It, you know, they may be well, inevitable, but pre- it, no, you can totally prevent them. You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, what they found is like 95% of the cases of cancer could be prevented, you know, just through di- diet and lifestyle alone. Diabetes, I mean, type 1 is a different story, but type 2 is, you know, directly due to um, bad diet and being overweight. And when you lose weight and clean things up, it's like you can reverse your diabetes. So almost every chronic disease like that is something that's, you know, preventable uh, to begin with. And even Alzheimer's disease, you know, is, is related to, you know, diet and lifestyle. And is, you can do a lot of things to be preventable. So I think it's a very empowering thing to know that we do have so much power and control with our with our health rather than feeling like we're victims you know to it and um and so that's you know why i'm out there talking all the time about Mm -hmm. the things that people can do simple things because you know um your health is really everything and as you you know said from the book that you're reading right now it's like you can't be healthy when you're unhealthy i mean happy when you're unhealthy and so you know the healthier that you are 
the more you, joy you get out of life, the more participation you can have in it, the more you can give back to others, the more you can, you know, uh, be in relationships with your family and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So All those um, things, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you another question about genetics, because I know you, you said 95% of all disease uh-huh. is preventable, yeah. and, and that's such a wonderful thing to think and, and believe, but I struggle with that a little bit because there's so so many things around genetics and you know my uh-huh. mom my aunt my sister my brother they all uh-huh. had cancer so am I going to get cancer and you know so can you speak about genetics I mean if you've sure. if you've got this genetic fam this family makeup that's got lots of that going on in it uh-huh. how, how do you get around that so one of the things is is that if you look at I mean there's a couple different things so one is that you know, genetics plays a very small role. You can manipulate how your genes are read. It's called epigenetics, which is a whole new area of study. But, you know, every thought that we think, every food that we eat, every choice that we make is something that actually influences how our genes are read. So it almost doesn't matter what you were born with. It's like if you do, you know, active practices as far as your, you know, diet and lifestyle and emotions and that kind of thing, you can um, override, you know, your uh, basic genetics by switching on the beneficial genes and kind of inhibiting those ones that are not. Oftentimes when we see that um, cancers, quote, run in families, it's not because of the genetics. It's because they were all raised with the same diet, the same, yeah, you know, kind true. of approach to moving the body, the same emotions and how to work out conflicts, you know, so, that's so true. Actually, that's true. That has mm-hmm. much more influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, but we've that's even very found true. Stuff, mm-hmm. That's a good point. You know, like the BRCA1 gene mutation, for instance, um, there's been all sorts of research looking at various different nutritional supplements from omega-3 fatty acids to cruciferous vegetables to even caffeinated coffee that have a direct effect on that gene and help to kind of minimize the, the uh, abnormality, you know, of it so you can really dramatically lower the risk even if you have um, a genetic predisposition. Okay, interesting. Well, that's, that's good. good. To, that's good to know. You know, yeah. we're down to the last like two or three minutes of the program, so we don't want to get too far off here. Let me ask you one quick question. Sure. You mentioned we talked about, um, you know, the healthcare policies. Are you going to pick up the banner again and and go and try to help us with some of that? I mean, you were so effective with that legislation, or are you kind of done oh, on that road? There has to be a huge shift in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I'm turning 60 in like three weeks here, so <laughs> I'm enjoying my life and not taking out these causes about that. That's right. Yeah, but well, I, was just I, curious I about also that. want to mention like my two books that I wrote to so the Waking mm-hmm. the Warrior Goddess. Um, which is my book that's on the topic of breast cancer prevention and helping to more effectively fight it. And then uh, Radiant Health, Ageless Beauty, which is my latest book, um, all about how to create extraordinary health and longevity. And actually, both of my books won National Book Awards for the best book in health, medicine, and nutrition. So they're... So how can they get a copy of those books? Because we are... Uh, Those are everywhere. You know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. uh, And if you want an autographed copy, you can get it from my website, which is Dr. DrChristineHorner.com, D-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-O-R-N-E-R.com. 
Okay, great. Well, we want to thank you so much for being on our show today. Um, this is, has been great information. And for the rest of you who are listening, um, if you like what you're hearing, please go to breastfriends.org and hit that big blue button and make a donation online. That helps us keep our program going. And we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there's always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.